Welcome to the Sovereign Mastery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the exploration of the various themes surrounding personal sovereignty, growth, and empowerment. Hey, everybody. This is Christine Michelle, and I'm joined by Elaine Zener. And we are here to talk about Sovereign Mastery. And today, we've got an interesting one, which is Breaking Free from the Wound. So uh, lots to talk about on this one. Um, Lane, why don't we uh, start off with you and talking about what the inspiration for this theme was. So the inspiration of this is I was looking, astrologically speaking, where some of the planets are located because Chris, Chris and I do have a background in astrology. And daily we talk with each other in the morning and we talk about, well, what is the flavor of the day of the decade, what's happening, especially with this virus that has been released. And what the hit that I received was looking at Chiron. Now, Chiron is an asteroid that's located in the chart, and it is known as the wounded healer asteroid. Wherever it hits, especially every eight years, it hits people. Everybody has it in the same sign every eight years. Those who were born in 1969 would have felt it because they had Chiron and Aries. And today, since 2019, Chiron once again is in Aries. What does that mean? Well, Chiron shows us where we have wounds that we need to heal in this lifetime. And it could take a full lifetime to heal these wounds. However, wherever the, heal, the healing needs to occur, there is a powerful lesson. And we can transmute that wound into a powerful tool that can help not only ourselves, but help an entire mass collective once it's been transmuted. So Chiron in Aries is a wound having to do with Aries, which is a warrior. It's ruled by Mars. It's our warrior piece where we wear our uniforms and we suck it up and we take a lot of physical uh, hits, but we keep forgetting about our insides and our soft parts. So what it's asking us to do is to not just suck it up and not just accept hits for those eight years that it's in Aries, but to use it to look within and see how you can transmute that to help others so that not only do you have the ability to protect and defend on a physical level, but also on an emotional mental level, on a spiritual level, you're able to transmute that into, wait a minute, my feelings matter. I need to go within. I need to look at this. Similarly to what we go through right now, being quarantined in our homes, where we have to look at the soft spots at what's going on with family within our fears that might come up and we're asked to make that into a powerful uh, observation and a powerful tool in order to help others and help them empower themselves as well the beauty of chiron is that the glyph the icon for chiron looks like a key so basically it is the key to opening up your inner self to transmute, to transmute your wounds. Mm -hmm. uh, interestingly enough, um, Chiron was in Aries from 1918 to 1926. And that was a time where we were getting at the end of World War I. 
we were in battle, just like that warrior Aries, mm-hmm. and we were asked to start looking within to heal after the battle was over. Same thing happened in 1969, the end of the 60s. Again, people were standing up and saying, you know what, we're not taking this war anymore. We're going to move forward and we're going to try to find peace and love and, and fix this. So we are asked to be doing the same thing right now. And what would be interesting, Chris, is I know you do a lot of archetypes. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering what the Chiron archetype was. You can discuss that a little bit more. Well, Chiron's a really interesting archetype, actually, because he's a centaur. So that's the half man, half horse image. And he's not like most other centaurs that you see in mythology. The other centaurs were more of the bestial nature. They were more primitive in their instincts. Whereas Chiron was born of a godfather, not a godfather, but a godlike father. He was a titan and um, a nymph. And so when he was born, he, he, he was a deity and he was very higher minded, higher focused, higher self focused. And as a result, he was this, he came to be known as a very wise teacher. He was very uh, well respected in, in the healing and he, he was the healer. And he was teacher. And he, the thing that's really interesting is you're talking about Aries now and how, sent, how, how Chiron is in, is in Aries right now. Because Chiron was also known as the trainer of heroes. And as that, he is the one who actually was the mentor to Achilles, to Theseus, to Ajax, Jason, and a whole number of other heroes in Greek mythology. So there's this wisdom that he imparts. And... He was very, very well, well respected. Now, Chiron's wounded healer part of himself Mm -hmm. comes about because he is accidentally pierced with a poison arrow. It wasn't intended for him, but he got it. Now, here's the problem. You've got a wound that you can't heal and you're immortal. So what happens now is that you've got this thing (laughs) where you've got, you can live forever but you're going to be in constant suffering and pain. So at a certain point, Chiron decides he's going to actually give up his immortality and he offers it to Prometheus. And so that way he transmutes the continuous pain, that immortality into an ending. And then he was placed, you know, he went to Mount Olympus for his, his act of giving up his immortality. He was rewarded by going to Mount Olympus. And then eventually he is in the constellation of Sagittarius, another centaur image. Um, and so this is what happened with, with Chiron. So this is what we're talking about, this wound that follows us around. You know, the suck it up, we have this. But then there's this opportunity for transmutation. We can then convert it into something else. That's amazing. So, so right now it had gone into Chiron in February of 2019 into Aries and it's going to stay there until April of 2027. So it's giving us time to deal with these things that we're going through right now. Um, and to love oneself is bringing of a lifelong romance because it takes a while to love yourself. Oscar Wilde said that. I can't take responsibility for that. <laughs> but it is true. This is really the wound. And it doesn't matter if it's the if it's Chiron and Aries, Chiron and Pisces, which was the previous one. 
the bottom line is to love yourself. The only difference is that the Aries, that ones that are born with Aries Chiron, which you could check out on astro.com if you want to input your birth information, they are the ones who are our warriors. They've come in here to assist with that because if there's anything that needs to get done, boom, they're there. Um, so 1968 through 77, those babies were born then. They're all grown up now. They've reached their Chiron returns, which is every 50 years where they're asked to look at their wound all over again. So whatever <laughs> happened is like you begin, you start as a baby, you have this wound, you might find little uh, themes of Aries, like the boy in the playground that's poking at you and you're like, no, you can't do that to me or you, or you protect somebody that's the underdog. But then in the interim, we forgot about the inside. So you come around 49, 50 years old, Chiron comes back around again in Aries, all you 16, 19, 69 to 77 babies. And it's saying, okay, now we're going to poke you again. What are you going to do to take care of your whole self in a holistic kind of way? Mm-hmm. And you're great at protecting everybody and flashing your sword and pushing forward. But who's going to take care of the little one inside, the, the empathic one, the one that needs to assist not only on the outside but inside as well? So it's, mm-hmm. it's a very interesting journey. It is. That everyone's it is. going through right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those babies. So yeah, this this <laughs> this, this puppy's coming around, and Chiron's going to be uh, right on my natal Chiron uh, probably next year or so. Um, but what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing when you were talking was really interesting because, you know, when we talk about, you know, the protecting of others and always doing that, that's really, I think, a big part of the dynamic of being the wounded healer. Now, there's some of us, obviously, out there that have a healer archetype just naturally, or we have a healing profession. So we have doctors, nurses, whatever, you know, people that are in any sort of form of healing whether it's even as a a therapist or anything like that. But oftentimes what I've come to notice in my own life um, is that we readily and easily see the wound in others, that we are in this sort of perpetuity, either ignoring or trying, you know, by proxy, I'm going to help, I'm going to help heal all these other people. And maybe at some point I'm going to heal myself as a result of doing that. And that's not the way. And you see Chiron was this great teacher and this great healer, and he was imparting all this knowledge and this wisdom to others and to great warriors. And so as you were talking, it kind of made me realize that that's often what we're trying to do is we're seeing that mirrored in other people and we're desperately trying to heal it in them and we're going to try to fix them. And maybe just maybe, oh my God, maybe I'll just get this thing fixed inside me. But that's not how yes. it, it's not how it works. Unfortunately, if it was only that easy, <laughs> and I'm laughing because that's not really the case, but what, what it is, is that, that that whole feeling, right, of if only I can do it for others, then I'm somehow going to do it for myself. And this is the point. It's like, no, this is the immortal wound in us. That's that, it's that arrow that is piercing us. And it's almost like we were born with it. Like we came in probably from a past life with this thing. And we have to now figure out, okay, what do we do with this? And like you said, it's a looking inward at that soft, tender part. We can't look outward anymore. And we have to make a very big decision. And that decision is really about not just saying I have to fix me, you know, and I'm doing that in quotes because we don't fix ourselves that way, but we can transform ourselves because nothing wants to die. Even a wound, even a, a, you know, sort of a shadow part of ourselves. Our ego is so attached to all of these things that it doesn't want to let go and let it die. 
but we can transform it. Yes. And, and Chiron in Aries is the karma of inaction. So the idea is to take all the aggression and violence that you perceive, even war that you might be in there, and become empowered and look really honestly at your physical, emotional wounds, any handicaps, the f- times that you felt stuck, that you can't move, mm-hmm. and know that this has happened, or you might have chosen this way of thinking to push you forward, to say, wait a minute, I'm not stuck. This is an illusion. Let me look inside. Let me know that at my core, and it's really looking at the core, I have everything that I need to move forward. And that's the wound. And and, and with any wound, mm-hmm. even if you have a gash in your hand, <laughs> yeah. when it when it heals, the scar area of that gash becomes stronger than the skin had ever been. Right. So yes, you still can look at the hand and say, oh my gosh, I was wounded. And we know that we're all wounded. But it's almost war scars where you look at like, wow, but, but I, I got over that pump. I was able to get through that. If I can get through that, it's a sign to you, that, uh, an actual symbol of being able to move forward and be brave and, and deal with this and, and be better. Right, right. And assist others with that. Yeah. And I mean, this is a- like, look, I've been wounded too. <laughs> hey, hey, you think you're wounded? I'm wounded. Look at my hand. Yeah. I could do this. I can help you. Yeah. I've been there, done that. But why do you think it is that there's, we're so attached to the story around our wounds? Like, it's almost like we're more comfortable associating and identifying with these negative things. And again, they're not necessarily negative traits about ourselves, but it's more like the story, this happened to me, or even worse, this always happens to me. Why are we so attached to that? Why is it, do you think, that we are so we wrap a story and it's like, and we work hard. Like the, the, the ego part of ourselves seems to be really attached to that and it'll support it in any way it needs to. Why do you think that is? Well, I, I, I don't know. I think people basically at times find that they, especially those Aries Chiron people, if you have the story, then it allows you to feel because if you didn't have that story, it wouldn't give you a reason to actually express your internal turmoil or things that are coming up for you. They also want to be able to relate to people. Mm-hmm. So if I see someone who's down and somebody who's not feeling really good, I would go over and say, hey, you're not alone. For me, it would be a message of hope. But sometimes when you feel as if you can't move forward, the way that you bring people towards you would be, hey, look, you know, I'm feeling really bad. Look what's going on with me. And sometimes people have been trained to get attention in that way. Mm. Whereas they, all they need to do is just ask for it. Not say, hey, I'm wounded. Come to me. More like, hey, could you help me out? This is what I need. Asking for your needs to be met. <laughs> as opposed to stating, as opposed to stating, oh, I'm wounded. Wait, you're not coming over to me? Wait, wait, but look, I'm <laughs> wounded. Another. How about asking straight out and saying, I need help. This time in our lives is a perfect example. I don't think you can get away from saying I need help. An entire nation, an entire planet saying we need help. Not we're wounded, feel bad. It's, it's almost like a collective coming forward and saying, you know, where are we going to get this help from? And, and the, the, the thing about warriors, the thing about having Chiron and Aries is that you want to do it by yourself. A lot of times they go out and they say, well, I'm that 
lone soldier. I can do this by myself. I can conquer the world by myself. But the key is not just looking within, but it's also about knowing that there's more strength in numbers. If you get people together and you see humanity as one whole body, Mm. you can help one another as opposed to thinking you're in this alone. And that's the other part of the healing. Right, right. So what do you think? Yeah, no, it's totally resonating. I mean, I I think that's the whole thing of that. Um, You know, it's interesting because it's like in one side, you're sort of sort of suffering in silence um, and say, I can do this on my own and I, I, I can, you know, I'm going to figure this out, but you're right. It plays out differently. It doesn't come out, you know, because you feel like you can't ask for help. And that is absolutely for me, spot on. I, I always thought if I had to ask anybody for help, it meant I was incompetent. It meant I was unworthy. It meant that I was just weak and unable to do the work that I thought I had to do on my own. And it was the moment where I realized that I could actually ask for help. And that is, it's such an act of grace to ask for help because you're not admitting any weakness. You're just being open. And when you do that, people are so willing to help. But when you're right, when you play it, like you're playing it almost like a passive aggressive play or you're doing it in, you know, again, not in a intentionally manipulative way, but it is manipulation when you start to, Oh, well, you know, it's just the way it is for me, you know, or I have to deal with this and it's really hard, you know, but I've had this all my life. And it's, you know, when you start to do that storyline, it's very different than saying, you know what, I'm really tired and I'm trying to do this on my own. And I have been trying to do this on my own and I can't, and I don't know what to do. Could you please help me? And even if it's just to say, help me figure it out, not to do it for me, but just to help me figure it out, whatever it is, that's a really powerful step. And that is transforming, you know, the wound into something now that is is not a private shame, but more of a, an open endeavor. Yep. It's very difficult, probably because from a young age, these little Aries and Chiron and Aries babies are imprinted with this because they already appear sometimes at birth to be extremely strong and have their own way of holding themselves up high and sucking it up. So the parents or the people around them might have already been trained based on the fact that this seems like a strong person to not really address the inside. Like, wow, she's strong enough. She could take it. Or he's strong enough. He could take it. And then there's an imprint. And with that imprint, as you get further and further along in life, how long can you take the, I could take it, I could deal with all this, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on to keep that role going, you know, the role that you've already adapted. Mm -hmm. So it's tough when they get older and they reach that 49, 50 mark, how much more can I take? Not much more. It's called a midlife crisis for a reason sometimes (laughs) because you get to that point, even with the, if you have a Pisces Chiron or whatever it is, there is a point where whatever that theme is for that, for that sign, and in this case, we're talking about Aries, you know, something's got to give. Yeah. And at that point, you'll say, well, I've held it together for everybody. It is enough. And then there's a crash and not a burn, sometimes maybe a burn, but there's a crash. And it's like, wait, what about me? Mm-hmm. What's going on with me? I need to move away from this situation and look what's going on with me. Yeah. And that's where the sovereign piece comes in. Absolutely. You know, yeah. the, the idea of feeling free, what does that mean? 
it, it, it's not saying I'm free. Everybody else, you know, it doesn't matter what happens with you. I'm free. It's a freedom that includes everybody else, but also it's an expression of where you didn't feel free and feeling that you have a right to speak your truth. Yeah. Yeah. And the truth is the, is going to set you free. Not to sound so cliche, but it's true. <laughs> but no, it, 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 but, it, but how do you know what the truth is until you examine this? Exactly. Right? And it's like, really like, you know, walking around, you know, with the sort of the mythological arrows sticking in you versus saying, I'm going to pull this out. And I know yes. it's going to change me. For- yes. It's going to change me yes. forever, but I'm going to do this. And that's the thing, you know, and, and I think that's the power. It's, it's really at that moment and it takes work. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about this, like, you know, this doesn't happen in a flash, but it's that moment of awareness where you say no more. And you're right. As we have our Chiron return. So this is like anybody that hits around 49, 50 years old, wherever Chiron was when you were born is coming back around again and is going to hit that thing again. So it's kind of like you've been given almost 50 years to figure some stuff out here and say, okay, now you're going to pull that, you know, and not everybody pulls the arrow out. A lot of people will opt to just keep it in there because it's like they just don't want to face it. But by, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people won't. And I mean, we see this. I certainly see this. You know, I I see this with my parents' generation. They didn't have, I think, even the framework or language or the comfort to be able to to really go inward and talk about these things the way we have. And then certainly the generations that followed us, you know, more and more so. Right. Whereas you look at that, those arrows stay in until until the end. And it's it's a different way. So we're at this point you know, again, a point of, of, of decision where it's like, you can pull that out. It's going to take some work. Um, and it's going to take a lot of awareness, but the power behind that and what you can do for yourself and then for others is enormous, enormous. If you do take that step. Agreed. And, and, and not to walk around either numbing the area with the arrow Mm -hmm. infiltrated that's or walking around yeah. <laughs> or walking around bronzing the arrow yeah saying, hey look at my arrow <laughs> isn't that cute i get to use this arrow as an excuse not to live my fullest life oh that's here so look at my huge. arrow that's huge that's huge you're right because i mean that's where we see a lot of these coping mechanisms really come into their full glory around this point in time where all of a sudden it's like either you know if you can't really ignore it anymore then yeah you're either coping by numbing and I mean, what behaviors do we see often with that, Lainey? Uh, yes. Pick your poison, it's, right? It, <laughs> <laughs> Shall we start now? Do we have another hour? To well, talk about? but, you know, we can say the basic ones, right? You see it with, you know, whether it's alcohol use, drug use, yes. sex addiction, it's, gambling. Um, avoidance. Avoidance. You know, like there's a laundry list of things that people will adopt. It's almost like, let's do it. Like, you know, it's like, no, no, it's fine. You know, this giant thing sticking out of me or you're right. Or then there are the other people who choose to go to the root, like, ta-da, behold this beautiful arrow. And I've bronzed it and like, you know, everybody feel bad for me or however this, whatever story they've crafted around it. But there's But, but either, but either way, I mean, you can only numb enough and then you go to the mirror and the numbing's worn off and you're still dealing with this pain. Mm-hmm. Or somebody doesn't respond to your bronzed arrow and doesn't think it's a great work of art. And they're, they say, oh, you know, it doesn't matter about your arrow. I've seen it a million times. What else do you have for me? Ooh. You have a different piece <laughs> of art, right? Yeah. At yeah, yeah. some point, there will be either a crash or burn 
or you'll finally turn around and say, listen, I, I really need help. I really want to find out what's going on here. And at the end of this rabbit hole, at the end of the tunnel is a bright light where you get to not only heal from this, but assist others to find their voice and, and recognize, hey, you know what? Here's my arrow. I took it out. The wound's already healed. Yeah, there's a little scar, but let me help you with yours. And you do it from a place of compassion because you've been yes. through it. And that's the, that's the beauty of it because it's not like, oh, yeah, well, that's your arrow. Let me show you my arrow. You see, my arrow is bigger. Oh, yeah, look at this. You know, and everybody's got to do that competition. And I always, I always say it's like there's like this poker game of misery that we play with one another all the time. It's like, well, my hand beats your hand. But when you go through and you get, like you said, when you get out the other side, you, you can meet people with such a compassion and an understanding and a patience because even if they're going to tell you their story because they're still in that ego place where they've really buttressed and fortressed up that story so that's like so identified as part of who they are, you can meet them in a patient place and you can meet them with compassion and say, okay, but at the moment that they're ready to do the work, you can help them and you be that Chiron teacher of heroes to other heroes. Yes. yes. Yes, that's beautiful. So this is another piece of sovereignty that we wanted to to touch upon. It's very important to recognize where the wound is first in order to realize where your power lies because it really is like a stopper that you have mm-hmm. that prevents that prevents one from moving forward and it touches suppressed anger, frustration, defeatism, you know, it creates power struggles in relationships and sometimes physical wounds or hand, they're, they're all different things where you feel stuck. Yeah. The idea is, and, and it's happening to all right now because wherever your Chiron is, even if it's not in Aries, as we started with this podcast, it is in Aries right now. And wherever that is in your chart, it will be triggering certain aspects of it. So there is a flavor no matter when you were born that will be activating it slightly. So look inside and see where that might be. Be an interesting delve into it. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, it is, it is. And there's a quote that, you know, came to mind for me from Mario Martinez that I really like, and I think it speaks a lot to what we're talking about today, that known misery is more comfortable than unknown joy. Love that. And that's something to remember, you know, to keep in mind that, we're more comfortable in our misery because we know it and it's familiar, but yes. there's so much joy that we can have. We just, we, we got to trust to do it. So I guess one of the questions I want to say is, I guess we're wrapping up at this point, but um, what's a good place to start? How are people like, how would, how do you guide your clients? If they're coming to you and sometimes, you know, people come to you or to me and it's, you know, with a physical ailment or it's, you know, not necessarily, um, these sort of big legacy emotional wounds, which, you know, it, it, over time they usually end up surfacing. But for people who just want to start looking at that and saying, I just want to become aware a little bit more of maybe what's my arrow? What's, what's that wound I'm, I'm carrying around with myself? How do you guide them? Well, there are many different ways. I do use astrology. So I see where Chiron is in their chart, uh, mm-hmm. as well as other um, more serious planets like Saturn or Uranus. Um, and I also ask them to look inward. Like if you have this pain right now, sometimes it manifests physically because I do a lot of energy healing. Sometimes it manifests in, 
in just um, interactions with family members. So I will ask them, you know, tell me a little bit about what's going on. And as mm-hmm. they talk about it, naturally, for some reason, it's in a quiet space. It's in a safe space where they could just talk. And all of a sudden, things just come out. Yes, and when I was younger, I, I had this wound, and now my knee is hurting me here. And I would say, well, tell me a little bit more about that. And the body starts speaking to me. The body starts speaking to the client who starts speaking to me. And then a whole story comes out around that. And you combine that with astrology and the psychotherapeutic where you're talking to them and trying to um, see where this all began. And a whole, whether they know it or not, it's being revealed. So I, in in what I do, which is a lot of energy healing, psychotherapy work, astrology belief work as well um mm-hmm. it naturally comes out mm-hmm. you can't get it wrong because a lot of times this is what they're coming in to do it's kind of they they come to see me usually at the end where nothing else has worked you know they say <laughs> yeah. there's no yeah. atheist yeah. <laughs> there's no atheist in the foxhole so like you know i don't believe in this i don't want to do this you know energy i can't see energy whatever it is and to come like up. well maybe finally but they end up there and it's right, sort yeah. of Okay, I'm willing to reveal all. Yeah. That's how I extract it. I extract it by giving them the space to do it themselves. And the body talks. So how mm-hmm. about you? So so tell me a little I bit see, about what you do. Well, yeah, I see the same thing. Like what I see with a lot of people is, you know, you know, we'd sort of do a bit of a um uh, where in the body, you know, emotions reside in the body. Obviously, you know this, I know this. So, you know, I, I always ask people, you know, if they have any chronic conditions and whether that's a, you know, from a structural standpoint, like, oh, I've got this, like, you know, I've got a problem in my, you know, L4, L5 are really busted. And some people it's up, you know, in their spine mm-hmm. somewhere else or their knees, whatever, right? There's, you know, through the body. So that always gives me a pinpoint to say, all right, there's, you know, understanding the associations of the body, the body mind connection. So I'm very much focused on that, as well as using um, understanding where from a chronic illness standpoint of looking at that and where that relates to an emotional center in the body. So by using those threads of, of, of connection, it like you, it just sort of facilitates an opening of a conversation. And then with what I like to do when with my coaching clients, um, oftentimes is is to give them some exercises so really understanding your triggers like what 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 sets you off what feelings do you feel let's say what sort of quote-unquote negative feelings are we feeling more often than not and what's triggering that and when I get people sort of tapping into that um even then, you know, again, a lot of times it's an outward projection at first, right? Well, it's like, oh, when he does that all the time, it's so frustrating and I get so angry and I feel like this and this and this. But when you pair it back, you know, it, it always comes down to either an unmet need from childhood, um, a, a turning point or a trauma. And so working with that. So so what I would put out there to everybody um, that's listening is that it's a, it's an interesting exercise that you can do for yourself is to first and foremost identify, you know, do it like a little, you know, before you go to sleep, you can lie in bed and just do a little body scan and just say like, am I holding tension anywhere? And then, you know, you, you, you figure out, okay, I'm holding it, you know, in my shoulders. Wow. My shoulders are really tense, you know, and are you carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders? You know, you always think about Mm -hmm. some of those sayings that we throw out there, but there's, there's, there's a connection there. 
And then also asking yourself and, 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 you know, Lainey, I do this often with you and I do this with everybody, myself included, when I am feeling particularly unsettled or ungrounded or triggered, ask yourself, you know, just first number that comes to mind between the, you know, between one and 10 and whatever number that comes up to you, that's often a sign of the age at which you're being triggered. So if you pick five, for example, right, then you say, okay, what did five-year-old you, what's going on there? And just spending a little bit of time there will start to illuminate. It's not that it fixes anything, but it's the starting point for you to, to understand and illuminate a little bit more awareness as to, oh, okay, so this is maybe where this is coming from. And that's how you begin the healing process. It has to start with awareness because if you don't have that, you don't have anything. The ego is going to run roughshod over you because the ego doesn't want things to change. And when I say ego, just to be clear, I mean the small self, not ego isn't being a show off or whatever, but really the small self. Yes. It doesn't that's, that's want. That's good. Yeah. So it's okay. I, I just, you know, this is it. So the, the ego is the thing that's holding on to the story. But when we have the awareness that breaks that, that illusion, and that's when we can really start to look in. So go ahead. Sorry, I didn't want to. No, I, I was going to say I've done that with you, and it helped mm-hmm. me tremendously. So, as a matter of fact, last night we did that. that was, <laughs> I was able to go to sleep after that. That was, that was wonderful. And, yeah. and it, it, yes. No, go ahead. Continue. No, and I was going to say it's similar to, to the belief work where you ask yourself a question, where do I feel worthy? Do I feel worthy at, at this age or do I feel worthy as a person? And then you muscle test the body. And whether or not you know that, you might in your consciousness think, oh, I feel worthy, but the body, the higher self that runs the body will always give the accurate answer. So usually I just muscle test with arms or fingers just to see if it's so, and the body starts to reveal itself. But that was a very um, impacting exercise that you had done with me. And it's not the first time we've done this before. And um, it sometimes lent itself to dreams of me being at that age. It's very powerful. It, it can and it helped be. resolved it, a lot, resolve a lot of things. Yeah. And it, you know, and like I said, it's just, it, it's such a great tool to bring awareness. Um, if you're starting out and you're like, I wonder, you know, I wonder where this thing comes from or why do I always do this? Why am I always this way? You know, there's always a thing about us that we kind of go, huh? You know, we yes. kind of know we don't love, but it's part of us and we're kind of not sure how to deal with it. Well, that's usually, you know, when a younger part of ourself had, you know, experienced an unmet need or maybe not being heard or having a trauma and, and, and it's, again, it's not to open up a can of worms that you can't escape from. I mean, I, I do want to say that it's, it's, it's a very powerful thing. We have such an innate ability to heal ourselves just through awareness and compassion, self-love. And yeah. so this is the work I like to do with my coaching clients. And I, I do, you know, do this, this quite a bit because creating a safe environment for you to just go back and understand yourself without an explanation. And you don't owe anybody an explanation for this. So if you pick five-year-old you and she's just feeling sad because she feels ignored all the time, whether or not it actually happened that way doesn't matter. What matters is that five-year-old felt ignored. And the adult you is probably spending your life either being frustrated because I, nobody pays attention to me or you're overly demonstrative because you want everybody's attention all the time because you never had it, but you didn't know that that's what you're doing and now you're overacting and blah, 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 right? So it, it's one <laughs> or the other. But yes. by doing this and you go, I'm going to spend some time with that 
you know, with that little five-year-old me. And I'm going to give her attention. It's amazing how it kind of balances out then in your actual day-to-day adult life. And, and what's interesting is that when you do it, you can ask a specific question, whether it has to do with relationships or, or um, manifesting wealth. And each age is different. Sometimes with the yeah. relationship, it's at five. With the wealth, it could be at nine when you had your first piggy bank or whatever it was. <laughs> it doesn't have to be on a, on a wide scale where it's kind of smearing the whole thing. You can actually <laughs> no. pinpoint specific things that are coming up as they come up. And so the beauty, and the, our, yeah, sorry, but the beauty of our inner wisdom is that we know it right away. Yes. Once we, once we open the door and create the space, first and foremost, to do this type of work, you don't have to sit there trying to figure it out. It is going to come to you so quickly and you're going to be like, oh, wow, okay. It's that obvious, huh? <laughs> and then it's like, and then you have the skill. So, yes. you know, I, I, I liken myself to being a guide for people to just really do the work. They do the healing work themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and when I was doing massage therapy or something like that, of course, I'm doing the actual physical work, but the emotional work that goes in that healing of body and mind together. I mean, there's nothing more powerful than that. Yes, agreed. And, and the ultimate goal is sovereignty. That's, that's exactly goal. it. Exactly. And it's by doing that work because that sovereignty is the freedom and it's also the freedom from the ego. And that's the piece that, you know, I think we'll obviously talk a lot more about, but, but it's exactly that when you can stand confidently in your true self, not just your small self, but your true higher self, you radiate that. And you can really only achieve that through healing some of these old bits and, you know, pieces that we carry around. And instead of making it part of ourselves, you know, bronzing it as it were, or ignoring it or numbing it, it's like, no, you know what? That's when we take it and we transform it. Yes. And then we can stand in that beautiful power, that sovereignty, that personal power, that self-authority. And then you present yourself to the world in this position of truth. And I promise you that people will not be pissed with you because you are emanating such a confidence and a radiance from within that people know that you are being your most authentic self, which is not something most of us, we certainly haven't been trained to do that. We've been trained the opposite from childhood on, but now this is an opportunity to really come out and just be you and stand in that glory. You know, like we talked about last time, that sovereign, you were born sovereign. Yes. And you were made to forget it. And now it's coming back home and renewing that strength. And it's a, it's a marvelous thing to see. And it's a great thing to feel. But it's a constant practice. <laughs> yes, it's like, I, 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 don't, I don't do this quote much justice. But as like Marianne Williamson had said, it's not about whether you have a right to shine and show your gifts. It's how, how dare you not do that. You've, came, you've come in here specifically with your own imprint with the own the, your own way of being in this world so you have to be the best you can be in that and just express it you can't get this wrong as long as you're aligned with your genuine self and the idea is to remove all those beliefs about what you were given from your family of origin because your true self is aligned from where you come from at birth and the goal is to come back home and to recognize where your strengths are that you have a right to speak, a right to be. And then also look in terms of, well, what is that? What is the true, genuine self? And how do I be aligned with the light that I came in with? That's the most important piece. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. Because that's exactly the crux of the matter, isn't it? It's just yes. like finding your way back home. Remember. The most important thing is to remember who you've come here to be. That's beautiful. Well, I don't think we need to say too much more than that. I think this is a wonderful place to, to wrap it up. Um, yeah. So if you guys have any questions, any comments, we'd love to hear from you. We are, you know, still in our very um, newborn stage of this podcast, but we do. You can find us on Instagram and our handle is at sovereign underscore mastery. And you can find us there um, in the coming weeks. Hopefully we're going to put together a Facebook group for everybody. So this will be a great place for you guys to reach out. We are really interested actually in starting to do readings and we want to do that and in inviting some people to call in and we will do a reading where you guys can also hear and experience some of what uh, Lainey and I do in our work with people. And um, so we'll get, we'll, we'll start doing that in the upcoming, uh, in the upcoming weeks. But for now, if you have any questions and comments, please reach out to us on Instagram and uh, we will put out more, I guess, on the socials as we go. But for now, that's yes. where we're at. But uh, we really do look forward to hearing from you guys. Yes. All right. Well, everybody keep well, stay in the light. Remember, blessings. Find back home. Yes. <laughs>